Welcome to Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. And once again, welcome back to the program here. Jeff on the phone. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? We're, uh, we're making it through. I know this is a difficult time for people, and so as long as we all kind of stick together, we'll, we'll make it. Absolutely, sir. Uh, on today's program here, we just want to talk about what's new this week uh, with taxes and uh, the coronavirus because things are changing, as we all know, on an hourly, if not at least day-by-day basis. That is correct. And, and just for our caveat, like we did on last week's show, so we're recording this show on April 1st. Um, and like Terry said, things are changing daily. So this is what we know as of April 1st. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this new CARES Act that was passed last week, um, and it's hard to know where to start. Many of these provisions in the act are really important, but I think one of the most important items that I want to talk about this week is what's called the Paycheck Protection Program. All right, so let's start there then. What is this PPP or the Paycheck Protection Program? Right. Now, some are referring to it by its Small Business Association SBA number of of 7A loans. So if you hear any one of those three, Paycheck Protection, PPP, or 7A, we're all basically talking about the same thing. These loans, or or these uh, PPPs, are potentially forgivable loans that businesses and organizations with payroll can use to infuse cash into their companies during this difficult time. Now, companies can start applying for these loans as of April 3rd, so just a a day or so from now. Um, And so if you haven't heard anything about this from your accountants or your bankers, you definitely want to get in touch with them, um, make sure you're on their radar, and get ready to apply. So who is actually eligible for this program, Jeff? It's all businesses with less than 500 employees. Now, when I say businesses, I mean sole proprietorships, self-employed individuals, independent contractors, but I also mean not-for-profits, 501c3s to be exact. Okay. How large can this loan be? Do we know that answer? We do. Um, so it's, it's going to obviously be different for every single business because the loans are capped at two and a half months of your average payroll costs. And that average payroll cost is kind of what you paid per month over the last 12 months. Now, there's a $12 million cap, which most companies aren't going to hit, So this two-and-a-half-month average is made up of the following. It's made up of salary, wages, commissions, but it's also made up of company-paid retirement benefits and the company portion of health insurance. Now, in regard to the salaries, you can include in this calculation salaries up to $100,000 per employee. So, for example... Let's say that your total payroll expenses were about $240,000 over the last year. Dividing by 12, this is going to make a monthly average of $20,000 per month. So the maximum loan that you'd be able to get is two and a half times that amount, or $50,000. Okay, so then how does this forgiveness part actually work? Because you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, so once the company receives the loan they're going to be able to accumulate certain costs over the next eight weeks, essentially eight weeks from the day they receive the loan till the end of that eight-week period. Those costs are then used to determine how much of the loan is forgiven. Now, those costs are similar to what we talked about earlier with the payroll costs, 
but it also includes, you know, interest if you have a mortgage, rent, and utilities. Now, what the, what the uh, Treasury is trying to avoid is people coming in and just opening up businesses just to try and get these funds. Uh. So you had to have um, the interest, utilities, and rent before February 15th in order for those expenses to qualify. Makes sense, makes sense. So I heard that all those costs uh, would be used for loan forgiveness in total, but you seem to be a little more cautious than that, if I'm reading or hearing correctly. So I am. So the way that the rule is written, when you add up those costs that we just talked about, as long as um, you know you fit within all of the regulations, that whole amount should be allowable for the loan forgiveness. But you know, I'm a little more conservative. So in this case, um, you know, the Treasury hasn't come out with total guidance on this, but they did say that, you know, due to high requests that are anticipated, they think that not more than 25% of the forgiven amount is going to be allowed for those non-payroll costs, those interest, rents, and utilities. You know, there's only, and I use the word only in parentheses, $349 billion in this program and I think that if you you know look over the whole United States, that's going to get used up really quickly. Absolutely. Now, I also heard that there were reductions in the forgiveness amount if you decrease the number of people that work for you. Is is that correct? There is. So one of the important things to um, be aware of is that a lot of the reimbursement is based off of kind of your average employees and average payroll to a certain extent um, over the last 12 months. So if you have 25% less employees now than you did in your historical average, that means that your forgiveness amount is going to be decreased by 25%. So there are things on the payroll side that you're going to want to talk about. All right. So basically, companies should not be banking on 100% forgiveness, correct? Yeah, I, I think that some will, but it's always good to be conservative. You know, but hey... You know, if our example earlier where you get a $50,000 loan and let's say only 25000 of it is forgiven, that's still $25,000 cash infusion into your business that you can use um, for expenses right now. The remaining amount of that twenty-five, if there's anything that's not forgiven, that has to be paid back within 10 years. All right. So again, Jeff, uh, a lot of changes are happening on a day-to-day basis. It, it seems like businesses should be in constant contact with uh, their accountants, and we want to encourage people to connect with you at Hawkins Ash. How do they do that? You can do that by visiting our website, which is hawkinsashcpas.com. Otherwise, right now, we're putting a lot of information um, out on Twitter and out on Facebook. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Learn more online at hawkinsashcpas.com. Hawkins Ash CPAs, part of your business, part of your life.